0: Josephina, how was your New Year's? Um, I don't believe I understand what you're
1: talking about.
0: What do you mean? New Year's was four days ago.
1: Um, January 1st? Oh, please. I do not celebrate my New Year's on January 1st. I celebrate it when the tennis season starts. Hello everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your host, Josefina and Shravia. Shravia and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all.
0: Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics, united together by our on the court and off the court companionship.
1: And we're the young female voices in modern day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more.
0: Happy New Year, everyone! Welcome to this episode of Hold On To Your Racket. It's January 5th today, and this is our first episode of 2021. Josephina, how are you doing in the first few days of uh, the new year?
1: Well, I'm doing pretty darn good. Doing even better now that we're finally recording again. Exactly.
0: Now, tennis is obviously returning this week. That's what this ep- th- this episode is. It's a preview of the three tournaments that are starting um, tomorrow and a few days after, too. Um, so, yeah, tennis is back, and there are, as always, hot headlines to cover. So let's just dive
1: right in into this year's uh, first few hot headlines. So starting off with the Australian Open, the big coming grand slam the one everyone is so excited for we have some updates on that and that is the australian open has implemented several strict covid quarantine measures to ensure safety and it's planning to have players and their team members quarantine for two weeks and that is mandatory in a few different hotels in victoria
0: So yeah, so while we've known about these quarantine measures for a while, the developing story is that, um, or well the breaking story, is that one of the hotels that they were planning to use was the Melbourne Weston. Based on some recent reporting, local reporting, apparently some of the penthouse residents of the hotel started complaining about the fact that the hotel would be used for um, Australian Open Quarantine. They didn't want it to be used as a quarantine site and have a bunch of people staying there and they were actually ready to take legal action. So they couldn't come to a consensus or any sort of agreement or resolution. So the hotel is no longer being used by Tennis Australia for the Australian Open Quarantine.
1: And the Australian Open released a statement today, aka January 5th, that they have secured enough rooms for players to quarantine and have successfully replaced the Westin. Players are required to arrive sometime between January 15th and 17th to begin their quarantine.
0: So good vibes only in whatever hotel they'll be staying at. Um, but moving on to some more news, um, this is about Sophia Kennan, the defending champion of the Australian Open. So obviously, as you all know, she had an amazing 2020 season, but it did end with a surprising development, kind of, or well, at the end of the 2020 season, beginning of 2021. So her management firm, Top 5 Management, all of a sudden dropped her, citing, quote-unquote, Difficulties with the athlete's environment. That's kind of odd. I don't know why you would want to drop an athlete who just won a Grand Slam, reach the final of another, and is at a career-high ranking now, but, I mean, to each their own. Um, And on Monday, so yesterday... Kennan announced that she would be signing on with a new management firm called GSC Worldwide. So GSC already works with a bunch of top tennis players like Sloane Stephens, Dimitrov, the Bryan Brothers. So she's definitely in good hands there. Um, And actually what I found was, actually Josephina pointed this out to me too because she had the same statement on Twitter and Instagram. And so Josephina sent me the Instagram screenshot. And Kennan had a tweet um, and she said, or a post, and it said, I'm happy to join GSC Worldwide. Looking forward to work with the professionals. smiley face.
1: But, like, the smiley face that's not the emoji, the one that's made with the colon and the parentheses, so, you know, it's a little bit sassy right there. But we totally respect it. Yeah. I think it's pretty exactly. awesome. Exactly. I think it's a power move, actually. Next up, we have Sam Query's interview with Sports Illustrated's John Wertheim about his experience post-COVID diagnosis in St. Petersburg. So we all know the story by now. He left St. Petersburg after he and his wife and baby tested positive, and they were notified that they'd have to be hospitalized in Russia should they start showing symptoms, so they booked a private jet. All of this was against the ATP's and Russia's COVID protocols, and the ATP recently concluded the investigation and fined him $20,000, but he does not have to pay the fine as long as he abides by all the tournament COVID protocol for six months, so kind of a probation period there.
0: Yeah, so he kind of got let off easy, I think that's what was... Um, everyone's first reaction to it but this interview he did actually was pretty interesting he wanted to tell his set of the story and it's actually um definitely worth a read i think to see you know what he has to say so query says that he's been judged too harshly as the article puts it um by the tennis world so he wanted to come out and share his own experiences he said he said quote unquote it's not as simple as oh i got covid and then i went to my wife and said let's sneak out of here I just want to say what happened and then people can judge me on what happened. If you still hate me after knowing what happened, that's fine." So basically, this short synopsis of what he had to say in the interview was that two days into their quarantine, an ATP supervisor notified him of the possibility of hospitalization and he obviously got concerned about that as we've talked about in previous episodes. And he was also concerned because his baby has a, had a fever, they had mild symptoms, and they didn't want to be separated from their kid if they had to be hospitalized. So um, Query called his agent, and he said, quote, um, well, this is what Query said in the um, interview, hey, we feel very vulnerable, it's very uncomfortable, it's in the hands of these Russian doctors, and they're going to determine whether or not we go to a hospital in Russia for two weeks, so he obviously didn't feel comfortable, although keep in mind that this is all very much against the COVID protocols. Um, So he then decided to charter a plane to London and stayed there for a few weeks after sort of escaping the guidelines that were in place in Russia and by the tournament.
1: So I think this is actually like a really vital interview because all these stories have been going around even like the where's query thing like on the social medias which was funny but now that Like, we have the backside story. I think it's so important to get all sides of the story. And now that we finally have his, it kind of makes sense that he was concerned for his family. But, I mean, he still went behind the backs of the ATP, the tournament, Russia, the country, their public health officials. And he violated these protocols. And it was probably not the correct way to handle the issue. But, I mean... People do crazy things for their families, so, I mean, this is just another crazy thing.
0: Yeah, it's obviously a sticky situation. I mean, his concluding remarks were, quote, The easiest choice for us was to stay at the hotel in Russia for the 10-14 to day quarantine and then fly home. That's what I wanted to do the whole time, and that option was taken away from me. That's why I had to do what I had to do. At no point did I think, COVID, let's get the hell out of here. Close quote. So, yeah obviously a complicated situation it's an interesting interview to read um completely through but those are the main hot headlines we felt like we should update you about going into this season so let's transition into some of the actual tennis we have this week
1: so moving right into the tennis as Shravia previously stated we have the first tournament of the 2021 tennis season big news woohoo whoopee insert crowd applause noises Shh. <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> We've been waiting for this for forever <laughs> yep so first up we have the abu dhabi january 6th to 13th tournament a wta 500 event just some info about that it was not held in 2020 due to covid but the 2019 champ was maria sharapova and the 2019 runner-up, Alja Tomljanovic, and previously, as in before 2021, it was known as the Mubadala World Tennis Championship, and now it's just known as the Abu Dhabi Tournament, so in case you get confused there. Um, And then some top seeds, we have the top three seeds here, the first one being Sofia Kennan, she had an amazing Grand Slam season in 2020, winning the Australian Open, making the finals of the French Open. She didn't do too well in sm- smaller tournaments besides Lyon, which she won, but she has good chances here. Maybe the new management team might be a good change for her.
0: Yeah, bringing in some fresh vibes into 2021. Um, obviously, also WTA Player of the Year, so she definitely has good, m- good mojo going into... 2021 anyway our number two seed is Alina Svitolina so she had a slow start in the beginning of 2020 started giving more of her you know consistent results later the ones that we like to see reach the quarters of the French Open so hopefully she also has some good momentum going into this year I have certainly enjoyed watching her TikToks during the off season those are obviously very entertaining and fun to watch Um, But yeah, I am excited to see what she brings to the court too because she's such a fun personality off the court as well.
1: Next up, we have third seed Karolina Pliskova. She didn't have a very good 2020 season. um, No outstanding results besides making the Rome Open final. So the chances there aren't very good. But then again, I mean, it's a new season. It's a fresh start. And that's really what we're saying for all of these players.
0: Yeah and Pliskova also has a new coach going into this season. Season She's been training with Sasha um, Bayan who's you know been the hitting partner or coach of players like Serena Williams, Azarenka, and Naomi Osaka in the past so it um, should be interesting to see how that also plays out. But you know it's kind of obvious to see that Kennen is the strongest top seed here but let's move into some dark horses. So our first one is 11th seed Jennifer Brady. We talked about her a lot um, last year because, you know, deservedly so. She had great results in 2020. It was her breakout year, especially after the COVID break. Um, Her first title, um, which was the Lexington Top Seed Open. Um, And her latest result in 2020 were reaching the um, Ostrava semifinals, so she also has some good momentum there, and obviously, not to forget her amazing run to the semis at the US Open.
1: Another person with good potential in this tournament is Yulia Putintseva, the 13th seed. She had kind of a slow start in 2020, but after she made the US Open quarterfinals, which was her first Grand Slam quarterfinal, and she fell in her stride for the rest of the fall month season, fall months, plural because there were multiple that she did well in. So definitely positive momentum into 2021.
0: Yeah, and then our third dark horse is Owens Jabeur, the 15th seed. We also love talking about her um, because she's one of those players who's always a dark horse. She was the first Arab woman to reach the quarterfinal of a Grand Slam, which was obviously the Australian Open last year, so bringing back some good memories a year later. Um, 2020 was definitely her career best season, she was one of the nominees for WTA Most Improved Player of the Year and reached her career high ranking last year, so definitely a lot of stuff to watch out for there with those three players. Um, and as we kind of shift our focus towards what the draw could look like in a few rounds, we wanted to highlight some possible meetups, so the first of them is a possible Kennan versus Muguruza quarterfinal, now this excites me a lot because it's obviously a rematch of the Australian Open final last year. I think one thing that we saw a lot last year is, yes, Kenin succeeding, but also Muburuza kind of coming back into her um, great form that we always like to see her in and performing well at the slams. So I'm very excited to see how this is going to play out, especially because it's kind of similar timing like the Australian Open final last year.
1: And next up for possible meetups, we have Anjabur versus Coco Gauff. They played twice in 2020. However, Gauff won both matches. And Jabour had a great 2020. So this is definitely an interesting possible match considering their head-to-head versus the momentum Jabour has coming into this tournament. And next up, we have our picks for the winner of the tournament. We are going the full stride. We're going to pick the actual champions i think it's not very long shot i mean we are pretty experienced in this field starting with my pick which is garbina muguruza i think she definitely has some potential as a comeback player considering how well she did last year and i honestly hope she wins because she's definitely one of my favorite players
0: i would agree um i would say the top half of the draw is very stacked if you take a look at it and if there's one person who i think can has actually a, a kind of a better quarter or a better sliver of the draw to kind of make their way um through to further rounds and even taking the title i honestly think arena sabalenka has a great shot i mean we talked about her success towards the end of last year um in the indoor hard court season and she's definitely someone who when she's on her game she can beat pretty much anyone So I think that if she can carry in that momentum, she also has a great shot at being the winner of this tournament. But um, the WTA, as we know, and tennis in general, is very unpredictable. So we will see how our predictions play out. Our next tournament is the Antalya Open, which is an ATP 250 level event. It's taking place between the 7th and the 13th of January. So actually, this event was played on grass until 2019 just kind of interesting a complete 360 um and the defending champion is Lorenzo Sonega who's not playing the event this year but still someone to keep in mind because we saw him make some um pretty big headlines in terms of his uh success towards the end of last year but anyway going into the top seeds we have three top seeds who've had an interesting kind of set of results the past season but we're gonna Um, give you a bit of a deeper overview. So our top seed is Matteo Berrettini. So he obviously had an amazing 2019 season. Um, I believe he won um, a few titles. He had his run at the U.S. Open. But 2020 wasn't as successful for him. He really did benefit from the altered ranking rules, so he remains in the top 10. Um, But he got to the round of 16 at the U.S. Open um, and failed to defend his semifinal points. So, definitely not as great of a season as he had the year before. So, it's going to be interesting to see if he can start off this year kind of with a clean slate and get some success here, especially because he had a mixed bag of results in 2020.
1: I know for a fact that you are definitely rooting for this guy, Shravia Baratini.
0: <laughs> I definitely am. I'm a big uh, Baratini fan. Let's hope he can. Uh hopefully regroup
1: for this year next up we have David Goffin the second seed another person we're kind of hoping could regroup this year he is currently on a five match losing streak he contracted COVID towards the end of last season and had a pretty unsuccessful 2020 so it'll be interesting to see if he's able to go deep into this tournament and see how his performance here will set the tone for the rest of his season. Because like I said before, I mean, new tennis season, it's time for fresh starts. All these people who had a not-so-good 2020 season still have a chance of doing great this year.
0: Yeah, and our number three seed is Fabio Fognini, another Italian in the draw. We ha- I feel like we haven't seen him in a very long time. And, you know, it's kind of a mix of things. He didn't have... To that many great results in 2020 but he also had dual ankle surgery in March which is obviously very serious um so I honestly hope to see him healthy this year he's also pretty entertaining to watch um on court um he's also gonna be playing in the ATP Cup I believe right Josefina
1: yes he is because I know the ATP Cup teams came out today or yesterday I think
0: yeah, we'll be covering the ATP Cup for you as well. But um, yeah, Fuganini's the third seed. Unclear how he's going to do since he had injuries in a not-that-terrific 2020 season. Um, but since those are the top seeds, now we're going to shift towards our discussion of the Dark Horses.
1: Starting off with Alex Demenor, the fourth seed. He is the fourth seed, so not sure how much of a dark horse he is. But he's definitely not a lot of people are talking about when it comes to this tournament. I mean, he loves the hard courts. He finished 2020 nicely with reaching the Antwerp Finals. And other than that, kind of an up and down year. But we cannot forget the fact that he made the U.S. Open quarterfinals. So he's in a pretty good section of the draw in Goffin's half, especially since the top three seeds didn't have a very good 2020 season he has a good chance for a good run
0: and i don't know if you guys already know this or not just Fina and i are huge alex demon fans um and i've seen some things on social media like you know you all know his mustache the legendary demon art mustache and how that brought him such great success at the u.s open based on some pictures from like social media and like fan videos from the tournament and stuff that we've seen recently that mustache is creeping back so if that's what it takes for him to do well in tournaments and you know not that he doesn't do well already but to especially succeed i might be okay
1: with the mustache i mean that's a symbol of success if i've ever seen one so i don't know maybe maybe it's not about the look it's about the success it gives him Mm hmm
0: exactly our next dark horse is someone you may or may not heard of his name is miomir kekmanovic the seventh seed he's actually kind of a he's one of the next-gen players he's from serbia 21 years old and he's actually last year's Antalya open finalist so good vibes at this tournament he reached his career high um in september at number 39 he's now ranked number 42 in the world um A lot of the people I've seen on social media and stuff talking, who are like very much invested in the ATP and always kind of keeping an eye out for young players. Kik name comes up quite a bit. Um, He actually won the Kitzbühel title in 2020 and he defeated Nishikori en route. So definitely someone to keep an eye out
1: for. Next up, we have Emil Rusivori. He is unseated, currently ranked number 87. He's 21 years old, but he recently made it to his first ATP tour level semifinal in Astana. So also a guy who's on his way up in his career and definitely has a chance of doing well in this tournament.
0: Yeah so if we're gonna talk about some possible meetups that we could see um, in Antalya. One of them is a possible Fognini versus Struff quarterfinal. So again, we haven't seen a lot of Fognini in a while, but looking at his section of the draw, it is pretty feasible for him to win a couple matches and get to the quarters, as it is for Struff, who's someone we also often mention on the podcast. Um, their head-to-head is tied one-to-one, but they haven't played since 2018, so it will be interesting to see how this one plays out should it happen.
1: The next one is Alex Demenor versus Kekmanovic, a possible semi-final, and based on the draw, Demenor has a huge opportunity here to make it to the semis, if not the finals, and Kekmanovic, considering he made it to the finals last year, also is a good opponent for this um, side of the draw. So their head-to-head is currently tied 1-1, to Demenor beat him in the 2019 Next Gen Finals, and Kekmanovic beat Demonor in February at the Mexican Open, so maybe that more recent result is saying something. But again, that is if either of them make it to the semifinals.
0: Yeah, so just as we did for Abu Dhabi, we're going to pick our champs. Josefina, who are you picking? who you think has a shot at winning this whole thing?
1: I'm honestly, I'm going to pick David Goffin because he is a great player. He has a great chance of doing well in a smaller tournament like this. And like I said before, I mean, 2021 is a fresh start. It's like new for everyone. So I think everybody has, like, it kind of levels out the results going into this tournament.
0: Yeah, I actually agree with you with this, especially with this tournament, looking at the draw looking at sort of like the rankings of the players who are in the draw, this is a great chance for the top four seeds or so, um, being Berrettini, uh, Gofan, Fognini and Timonor to really make the most of it. And, you know, GoFan, sure he didn't have a great twenty twenty, but this is a good as oppor- a good an opportunity as ever to sort of flip the script. So for my champ, I'm going to be picking Alex Minaur because I think that his section of the draw makes it pretty feasible for him to get um, deep in the tournament. I know we'd both be thrilled if he won the whole thing. I've seen some Minaur fans really hoping that he can take the title. And I think it would be great for him because he always does so well in Australia. Um, and to have that momentum going into the Australian swing would be honestly super
1: awesome to see. Next up, we have the last tournament of this like first tournament swing of 2021 the Delray Beach Open in ATP 250 event starting January 7th and ending on January 13th some info on that the 2020 champion was Riley Opelka and we're diving right in with the favorites for this tournament meaning the top three seeds Christian Guerin is the number one seed he's ranked 22 currently he did very well in smaller tournaments in the beginning of 2020 lost some steam towards the middle but then he had solid results towards the end of the year he actually had a very good 2021 no 2020 season um so that's saying a lot going into this tournament Our second
0: seed is John Isner, who has recently had a come under fire on social media for saying some questionable things. But we will not get into that today. Um, Certainly, very questionable things. Anyway, um, he had extremely inconsistent results in twenty twenty. Somehow managed to stay at the number twenty five spot. But you know, I honestly don't blame Andy Murray for pulling out of this event. Given what John there recently said, if Andy Murray doesn't want to... Oh, we should probably fill you in on this. Right, so Andy Murray was originally going to play Delray Beach, but he kind of he pulled out a few days ago, um, citing COVID travel um, risks. He didn't want to take the risk to travel, which is honestly a really smart decision because if he were to make that flight, I believe Delray Beach might be allowing some spectators. I could be wrong. Um you know if he were to take that risk and possibly test positive he would not be able to play the Australian Open which he has a wild card into so in my opinion a very smart decision especially after John Isner recently made some anti mask comments which were kind of just like the ATP <laughs> the ATP needs to like sit down with its players and just like tell them that please don't we need do anything a good stupid
1: during the seminar. pandemic like COVID-19 Protocol Seminar. That's what the ATP needs. Oh, even better. Like the Make basics. it a Zoom seminar. Make it a Zoominar. That's what it's called, right?
0: Exactly. Three lessons. Three lessons. Wear a mask. Don't flee tournaments. Don't hold an Adria Tour-like exhibition event.
1: That's all <laughs> they need to know, right? That's, that's really it. It's just the basics of survival in this modern day and age. Okay, on <laughs> exactly. that note, moving on to the third favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, this guy, we don't, well, as far as we know, he's fine. Um, and Adrian Manorino, he made a few small-time finals in 2020. Other than that, uh, an average year, but maybe a little lower than average. And by average, I mean, I'm not sure what I mean, but I mean, I think I he could do better.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the top three seeds for you moving into dark horses. So Francis TFO is our first Dark Horse, he's the eighth seed in 2020, towards the end of the season. He made his first ATP 250 semi-final appearance at the Astana Open. He also made one challenger final and he made the quarterfinals of Del Rey last year. So has some good results leading into this and going back to the tournament last year as well
1: so another american in this draw i know right another one just this one is loaded um anyways it is sebastian corda 2020 was his breakout year definitely he made it to the french open round of 16 through qualifying and he won his first challenger title he reached a career high last year also so he is definitely a youngster on his way up
0: yeah, so if we're going to make our picks for this tournament, I'm going to pick Christian Guerin. I think he had a pretty good 2020. I think he got his first title, too. So um I'm keeping an eye on
1: him as we go into Delray Beach. And for me, I have TFO because I think he has a good chance of doing well this year. I mean, he had a great year. I think it was 2019, 2020, a little bit of a valley, but you know, you can't. You, you're about to make it to the mountain. Wait, that's a saying, right?
0: <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know what you're talking Wait, about.
1: Wait, no, like valleys and mountains, you'll have your valleys in life, and you'll you'll have your mountains in life. But, like, ups and Josefina, downs? Yeah, just say ups and downs. Okay, then. fine. Uh, basically, <laughs> I think TfL has a good chance of doing well this year because he's had his downs. It's time to have some ups.
0: And on that note, (laughs) that concludes our preview of these three tournaments. We're personally really excited to get to be seeing and watching some tennis again. So um, we hope you are too and hope that we provided you with a good breakdown of who to keep an eye out for in each of these three tournaments. It's going to be hard to keep track of three
1: tournaments, but But here we are doing it already. Exactly. so considering this is the first episode of 2021 we just want to set like a little stage a tone for the rest of it saying some we're starting off with some tennis hopes and dreams for the year of 2021 starting off with having four grand slams i think that's something everybody wants or maybe even needs i think i need that this year I mean, I was looking at the ATP and WTA calendars that they recently released, and I was looking at May, and I'm like, since when does French Open go there? That just did not click in my brain, considering the September thing that happened last year. Anyways. So, I would also
0: really like to have a normal tennis schedule. That would be certainly a blessing. Um, but looking at kind of the Grand Slams further, if I had one wish on the ATP side, I want to see a new ATP Grand Slam champion. Like, I love the big three and, like, how, you know, awesome they've been. But it would be really cool to see a new champion. I mean, we saw it with Dominic Team. It was pretty awesome. Imagine if that happens again with someone new. I feel like that would be very exciting.
1: It just adds a new energy and adrenaline to the game that I think everybody needs. And speaking of that, Next up, I have Coco Goff winning a WTA 1000. It is definitely possible. We have seen her win a pretty big tournament, the Linz, I believe in 2019. But either way, I think it would be really cool to see her live up to that hype and just win a bigger tournament. I think it would be so cool.
0: So, even though we love the next-gen players on
1: both sides, I think it
0: would also be cool to see a non-next-gen WTA player um, take a Grand Slam title again. So, someone like Serena, Moguruza, Venus, Azarenka, I think it would be pretty cool to see them on the podium again. They've come so close um, in the past few years, and I would honestly love to see them add another Grand Slam title to their list because... They've all been doing pretty well in a bunch of these Grand Slams in the past few years, but it's all a matter of time of if they're going to get a next one, another one.
1: So on that note of non-next-gen players, this guy is probably the opposite of a next-gen player. It is Roger Federer, and we are hoping he could come back this 2021 season and prove that age is just a number. I mean, for a man that's almost 40, I believe, is he turning 40 this year or next year? This year that's crazy but either way we are really hoping for that i mean i've been wearing my new fed cap religiously so i think that maybe that'll add some like good vibes to this
0: maybe that'll set the tone for a 21st grand slam in 2021 maybe that would be pretty awesome Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and match for today.
1: If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the first tournaments of 2021, and, of course, all the T-On Tour.
0: Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions, and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on.
1: Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.
0: Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Record on Instagram and at H O T Y R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released as we approach the later rounds of these three tournaments.
1: And remember, my name is Josephina.
0: And my name is Shravia.
1: That is, if you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't like it, please tell your friends my name is Robert and Shravia's name is Steve. See you next time.